Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. You can find all of my written content and podcast over at milehighsports.com under that Nuggets tab in the top right corner. Um, the Nuggets keep winning, and they won again tonight. They beat the Clippers 121-100 to in this game, and overall, it was a very, very... It was an entertaining win. I mean, it was just a fun game start to finish. And in the second half, the Nuggets just cranked up the intensity and took off. And they really handed quite the beatdown to the Clippers, who I learned tonight were named after boats. I did not know that the Clippers were named after sailboats. So I'm learning all kinds of new stuff tonight. And the other interesting thing that I learned is that Nikola Jokic is now 18th all-time in total triple-doubles. That's not centers, that's not big men, that is 18th of any player who has ever played NBA basketball. And that's where we end up going to starting is Nikola Jokic with the second straight triple-double. He was just incredible in this game. The amount of fun that it was just to watch him orchestrate this Nuggets offense, it was beautiful. It was as great as you could ever hope. And this was the quintessential Nikola Jokic having a wonderfully great time game. Um, in addition to that, Torrey Craig continues to produce for the Nuggets. He had another great offensive scoring night and played great defense as well as he keeps doing. And it's no coincidence that the second that Torrey Craig basically became a splash brother that he suddenly, the Nuggets offense took off. In addition to that, Malik Beasley was big in that first quarter and had a very good game and showed off different parts of his game that we didn't currently know was going to be I guess, viable later on in the season like it has been. And the bench unit looked good again. Monte Morris and Mason Plumley back in their, I guess, normal roles off the bench were very, very good. And then to finish out the podcast, I'll hit a couple injury updates and let you guys know what's kind of going on from the inside out. But before we do that, um, i got to give a quick shout out to the Regulators Production Group. They're the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast, as well as Terrapin Carry Station, who is the presenting sponsor of the show. So here's a quick uh, word from Terrapin Carry Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the product that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Let's dive into just what was an absolutely spectacular Nikola Jokic game. I mean, he did not shoot well. Let's not, you know, mince words here. 8 of 19 from the field is terrible for him. 0 of 5 from three-point line is terrible for him. But beyond shooting badly, he did not have any mistakes that he really played with. He had only one turnover in this game, finished with a triple-double of 18 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists, um, and overall was just a monster. It, there was no point in this game where I felt like Nikola Jokic did not have complete control of the offense at any given time. He was just 
he was the engine and the spark plug that really allowed the Nuggets offense to operate in the way that they wanted to operate, which is how the Nuggets have built their team. But even though Nikola Jokic was not shooting well, he still had that entire control over the team. And he had just he had some plays that were they're dumbfounding when you go back and watch the highlights. I can't I can't even tell you how many times that I watched Nikola Jokic throw that full court pass and just watch the video replay and replay and replay. I mean, this is a man who caught a rebound with one hand, never gathered. He just kept the ball in one hand without looking, turned and just whipped a pass about 80 feet down the court straight into Jamal Murray's hands where only Jamal can catch it and the defender could not get to it and it was at it wasn't too far to where Jamal couldn't get up and slam dunk the ball home like to be able to have the timing of that play perfect to have the symbiotic relationship with the with Jamal Murray who was running on the floor needs to be perfect and on top of that you just have to put the ball in there's only one spot that you can make that pass and he hit it just on the dot it reminded me of like the old school back you know back shoulder fades that NFL teams used to run in the red zone where you just put the ball where the defender can't get it and where you give your offensive player a chance to get to it and there was no b- more perfect pass that Nikola Jokic threw all night, potentially all year, that could be an assist of the year kind of pass that he made, and it was that beautiful. Like It was stunning. And then just for fun, he decided to add in an off-the-backboard pass to himself, and it was funny because after the game, Michael Malone was asked if it was kind of Kobe and LeBron-esque, and he made the joke that Kobe and LeBron dunked that home. <laughs> you know, Nikola Jokic went up, caught the pass, and had to lay it back in after throwing it off the backboard, but... But if that doesn't sum up Nikola Jokic and his creativity and his awareness and his understanding of the defensive principles that he is playing against and who is going to get there and his touch around the rim, I mean, it takes a special human being to be able to make that kind of play, especially considering his athletic limitations. Like, everything about this game was just, it was belligerent. It was beautiful. Like, I I don't... It's dumbfounding. I tweeted this during the game. I've watched Nikola Jokic for four years play basketball live in person. I'm at the point now where I'm just blown away on a consistent basis still. I don't have a full understanding of just how incredible he is. And it's, it's just weird to be blown away so consistently by somebody you watch play basketball so consistently. I mean, to, to consistently keep raising the bar in the way that he has this year, it's been as much fun as anybody could ever have watching the game of basketball. It is absolutely spectacular. He is arguably the most fun player in all of basketball to watch. He is that good. And now... He has five triple-doubles this year. He has two straight triple-doubles. This is his third triple-double in his last six games, and it's his 21st triple-double of his career, which there is some discrepancy depending on what website you go to, but it's either tied with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or just ahead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My understanding from talking talking to Nuggets PR is that Nikola Jokic is now 18th all-time in triple-doubles. That is not, you know, comparing, you know, center triple-doubles or big man triple-doubles. That is just any player who's ever played NBA basketball. Nikola Jokic is 18th all-time in triple-doubles as a 23-year-old center who is unathletic. That is absolutely insane. Like That is just such a cool thing to see, and there might never be a player that we get to see like Nikola Jokic ever again. So even if you're not a Nuggets fan or anything like that, Take time to enjoy watching Nikola Jokic play basketball to play basketball because you may never find or watch somebody that is this exciting and this unique ever again. He is that special. 
This is the second podcast now where I have just ranted and ranted about Nikola Jokic, and I got to move on. Um, Torrey Craig, again, shows up big for the Nuggets when they need him most. So Juancho Hernan Gomez has been fighting off some injuries and hasn't been feeling too great recently, which I'll get into a little bit later. So because of that, he has not been in the starting lineup. And if there's anybody on this team on the reserves who has been used to a starting position, it has been Wancho who has started the majority of the year for Will Barton being out. Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig filled in tonight, and Torrey Craig was once again phenomenal. 14 points, 6 of 8 from the field, played 30 minutes, hit both of his 3-point attempts, had 4 rebounds, which were all defensive, had 3 steals and a block, and was a game-high 25, uh, plus 25 tonight and plus, and plus minus. I mean, he was a terror on defense, he keeps hitting his shots, there was so much energy, he's really learning how to become a plus offensive defender he's not our offensive player he's not going to be a dominant offensive player he's not going to be the kind of offensive player that you can give the ball to and he can go get you a bucket but the fact that when he is on the floor for right now that he is not a negative and actually a little bit of a positive it completely takes out any worries about Torrey Craig being in the starting lineup that's why he was a game high plus 25 tonight when the next highest on the Nuggets was plus 19 for Jamal Murray he was six points better in a 21 point blowout win and he only had one turnover he's learning how to play Stake free basketball, and that is all of those things are so important to his development. And as the minutes go by, he is looking more and more like he is the perfect kind of player to keep around on a cheaper contract with the Nuggets for as long as they can keep him. I mean, he has, I believe, this year and next year. It's a two-year contract, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets get another deal done with him after next year if he keeps playing like this. He just fits so well. He does exactly what Michael Malone needs. He adds a value that the Nuggets don't have, like an athletic, mobile, switchable, and strong wing player who can defend five positions and can play two through four. They don't have very many guys in that role, and they lost that when they traded away Wilson Chandler in the offseason. So to have Torrey Craig in the fold to be just basically a multi-tool for whatever Michael Malone could ever need, it has been a godsend for this Nuggets team. And when he starts hitting shots like he's been hitting his shots, I mean, everything about his game elevates even higher. He was so good again, and I don't have enough good things I can say about Torrey Craig because the Nuggets don't win a lot of these games without him. He has been so helpful and so so integral to the Nuggets' winning ability recently, and I don't think it's going to stop. He, he won't be this dominant offensively. I mean, he's not going to hit 75% of his shots from the field and be a 40% three-point shooter. He isn't that talented of an offensive player, but it shows that when he gets hot, he can be that guy for stretches when the Nuggets need it. And with all the injuries they've had and where they are currently at in the season, that is all that they have needed from Torrey, and he has given that in spades so far this year. Malik Beasley, though, too, the other, you know, impromptu starter with both Gary Harris and Will Barton both still out with their respective injuries, had another good game. Um, He hit two threes in the first quarter, was very active on defense, was flying around, finished the night with 31 minutes, 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point line, 15 points, one rebound, and this is my favorite part, five assists to zero turnovers with two steals and a block. Michael Malone talked about this in his post-game press conference, and it's something I'm going to write on very, very shortly. Hopefully, you'll have it up at some point on Friday um, before the Nuggets take on the Suns on Saturday, but we'll see if I can get it up in time. But 
He talked about how Malik Beasley is not just in the game anymore to hit shots and defend. His game has blossomed beyond that, and his five assists against zero turnovers tonight are evidence of that. And it's funny because you see that number and you would think that maybe guys just hit shots on passes that came out of his hand. He wasn't really setting guys up, but he was. And he has learned to use his dribble game effectively. He's not playing outside of himself anymore. And I got to give a shout out to assistant coach Charles Klask, who has worked with Malik Beasley more than anybody. He's gotten him to buy in. He's gotten him to understand the nuances of how he needs to play to be able to be an effective role player at the NBA level. And to Malik credit, he's completely bought into it, and he has been completely willing to be that guy, and now, the fact that if he can really play with the ball in his hands, take two dribble pull-up jumpers at the elbow, create some you know, open opportunities for his teammates, collect both blocks and steals, and hit three-point shots, Malik Beasley suddenly goes from a potential 3-and-D prospect to a guy that many teams around the league, and I've already heard of this being the case, where teams have called the Nuggets offering different levels of picks to get a hold of Malik Beasley. He is a wanted commodity around the league, and the Nuggets may have to make a tough decision if they get an offer they can't refuse for Malik Beasley because he is playing himself into some serious minutes and there may be a potential better opportunity for more minutes for him down the line on a different team. So it may be enticing for both parties to potentially pursue a deal, but that's looking way too far ahead. It could be more than a year from now that he actually gets traded, but it's worth noting that other teams value him and value what he brings to the table, and they see real potential within his skill set. And that is the point that should be driven home. It's not the fact that the Nuggets could trade him. I do not want to be aggregated as someone saying that the Nuggets are looking to trade Malik Beasley. The Nuggets are not looking to trade Malik Beasley from what I understand. From what I understand is that other teams have called with interest in Malik Beasley, and that's notable considering that he wasn't really in the rotation much until last year, and even then it was very sparing. So Malik Beasley has worked himself into an opportunity to where not only the Nuggets value him, but other teams in the league value him, and he's having to be scouted on a nightly basis, and teams are coming in with a game plan for him now because he's been so productive. It's hard to argue with what he's been able to do, and it's been great to see him ascend in this way. Moving forward, um, the bench unit for the Nuggets, they look better, and it, it wasn't that they were ever bad, they just weren't dominant at one point. I mean, they to start the season, they were an absolute weapon for this Nuggets team, and the weaponization just kind of fell off a little bit. And the biggest reason why, of course, was because the Nuggets got depleted by injuries like no one has ever seen before. I mean, when you all of a sudden are losing three of your starters and you also have three more players off the bench that aren't able to play, you're going to be stretched incredibly thin. But now that Mason Plumlee has been allowed to go back to the bench unit with Monte Morris and Wancho Hernan Gomez is on the bench unit with them spacing the floor and you just see this bench unit all of a sudden come back into its own again because everybody's back in the roles that they should be in. And the other thing, too, is that Mason Plumlee specifically, but also Monte Morris and Wancho and guys like that, they're better in shorter bursts because that's what they're used to. It's hard when you're used to playing 20, 22 minutes a night to all of a sudden go out and play 36 minutes with the starters and give the same amount of effectiveness and efficiency that you had in those 20 minutes. Like you, It's not a linear graph in that way. So now that Mason Plumlee is able to play in a smaller role, you're getting this more condensed 
most concentrated version of Mason Plumley on the floor for the twenty for the twenty minutes he had tonight, as opposed to trying to stretch him for thirty to thirty five minutes. And that's why Mason, I thought, was just so incredibly effective. I don't. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what the stat was, but I'm pretty sure nobody this season has put up 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists in 20 or less minutes like Mason Plumlee did tonight. He played 20 minutes on the dot, had 17 points, was 7 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, which deserves some shout because he's still getting better in that regard, 12 rebounds, 3 of which came offensive, 5 assists, only 2 turnovers, and had a block for good measure as well. He was a plus 15 on the night. He was incredible. The energy he was playing with, the defensive intensity he was playing with, he was everywhere in this game. And I'm convinced it's because you're getting a more concentrated version of Mason Plumlee in a shorter amount of time. And the same is said for Monte Morris. He has finally been handed more weapons on this bench unit again. He's no longer trying to make Trey Lyles, Brandon Goodwin, and you know one of Wancho Malik or Tory Craig as the bench unit and trying to make them you know passable anymore. Now he has Mason Plumlee rolling to the rim, which gives them more space. He has Wancho off the bench, which also gives him more space and another shooter that's a weapon to play off of. And then Trey Lyles, when he's the third or fourth option on a bench unit, that's actually a very helpful full role. I mean, he hasn't been good this year. This is not to say that Trey Lyles is just taking off in whatever role he's playing right now, but when he is your third or fourth option off the bench, guys are going to at least give him a little bit more respect than they would if he was with the starters per se. So all of a sudden, Monte Morris was presented with all of this extra space, and here he is, 14 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 assists, no turnovers, 2 rebounds, and was just so effective in this game. And when this bench unit has everybody held, like when the, when the Nuggets get healthy and you have Monte Morris, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, or Tory Craig, and Mason Plumley, this team, this bench unit is going to be unstoppable against most teams in the NBA. The Clippers have one of the best bench units in basketball, and the Nuggets absolutely eviscerated them tonight and just handled business. I mean, Trey Lyles plus 12, Mason Plumley plus 15, Wancho Hernan Gomez plus 11. These are bench guys against arguably the best bench in the NBA against the Clippers being huge factors in this win. So it's great to see the Nuggets bench unit kind of come back to what we always expected them to be and not stretch so thin like they have been. Let's get to some injury updates real quick because there was a lot of things that came out tonight. So talking to Wancho Hernan Gomez after the game tonight, Michael Malone had alluded to the fact that he's dealing with injuries, plural, and that also it was some fatigue, but he never really wanted to say what the injury was. It never became revealed. So after the game, a few of us reporters talked to Wancho Hernan Gomez and shouts to uh, to Brendan Vogt of Denver Stiffs who asked the question, he just flat out asked Wancho, how are you feeling? It seems like you've been dealing with some injuries. And Wancho basically said, yes, I have a groin injury and it's giving me a lot of pain, but I've been able to play through it mostly. And it's funny because you look back and you're like, wow, in the last five games, Wancho Hernan Gomez, who has one of the prettiest jump shots ever, is shooting 10% from three. He hasn't started the last three games for Denver, so clearly something was bothering him. And from what Wancho said, that that groin injury is really bugging him. It's It's been a painful thing for him to deal with. So while Wancho is still currently not on the injury report, it is become noticeable that he has a groin injury of some degree. Malone did say, too, that if it gets worse or they feel like they need to, they will sit Wancho, even though they have other injuries they're dealing with. So 
if it does get bad enough to where Wancho can't go on it, they're going to sit him and they'll move on and they'll figure it out from there. But we can at least put it to bed. Wancho Hernan Gomez has a groin injury of some severity and he also has some fatigue. So we'll see if there's any more injuries that haven't come out yet. But that is at least the update for Wancho for now. Gary Harris, he was questionable for this game all the way up until tip. He went through his pregame warmups, looked good in his pregame warmups, and frankly, I was very surprised that he didn't start in this game. I thought he was going to play. I was actually pretty damn surprised that he didn't play in this game. So it does look like Gary is coming back pretty quick. And then after the game, I talked to Will Barton just very briefly, just kind of just off the cuff, you know, hanging out. And I, I, you know, we were just asking him, how is he feeling? And he was in very high spirits as he's feeling good, jumping around, having a good time. And he says that he should be back pretty soon. There's no firm date, but to hear him in high spirits, to say that he's coming back soon, it does provide the idea that there has not been a setback that I have heard of, and it does not appear that there has been any setback, and that Will Barton is still on track to be, to return soon. I know it's been 12 weeks, which is like three weeks longer, four weeks longer than anybody expected, but again first surgery he's ever had, never missed more than two weeks of basketball in his life. So these things were kind of expected at this point. So Barton is slowly coming back, is in high spirits, is feeling good, and he even joked that maybe he can get back before Gary Harris does. So we'll see. Again, that was a joke that is not to be aggregated, but still, he is getting better. He is improving, and he is on the right track. So the setback part of things, I am not currently worrying about. Whew, that was a mouthful. Um, what a game. That was just a, such a fun game from start to finish. The Nuggets are now 28-12 and 12 after 40 games. After the Phoenix Suns game, will be at the halfway point of the season already. This year is just whipping by, but man... Nuggets are 13 are 17 and 3 at home. I believe they're still above 500 on the road. They have the best record against the Western Conference. They're the only team left undefeated in their division. They continually get more and more gap against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who they now lead by three and a half games after the Thunder lost in double overtime tonight to the, to the Spurs. And they have a full game up on Golden State as well as two losses up on Golden State, who are the number two seed in the West. Things cannot be been or better for Denver outside of the injuries that they're dealing with, which is actually kind of exciting because the best is still yet to come. That's incredible. The Nuggets played such a great game tonight. We're so good offensively. And Nikola Jokic was 8 of 19 from the field. Paul Millsap was 2 of 9 from the field. Wancho was 1 of 3 from the field. They didn't have Gary Harris. They didn't have Will Barton. And they still put up 121 points on 50.5% shooting, almost 40% from 3, and had 29 assists and 53 boards, only 9 turnovers. This team is clicking. They are humming. And they're just going to get better and better and better. But thank you so much for listening. I cannot tell you guys how much I appreciate the, the, the support. I say this every time, and I know it sounds like I'm a broken record, but I really, really do appreciate this so much. I love doing this podcast. I love being able to interact with people. I love being able to at least provide some different perspective on this Nuggets team that so many people enjoy watching at this point. So please tell your friends about the podcast. Go subscribe to it on iTunes. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating. Reach out to me on my Twitter at TJMcBrideMBA. Email me if you have any interest in sponsoring the show even, tmcbride3793 at gmail.com. I am always around to interact. I don't always get to everybody, but I promise I try. And if I don't get to you, just reach back out. You can double hit me up. I don't care about double texting. I'm cool with all that kind of stuff. But 
Again, thank you guys so much. Thank you to the Regulators Production Group for putting these beats together. Thank you to Terrip and Care Station for being the presenting sponsor of the show. And thank you for the Nuggets for continually winning and making my job so much more enjoyable. So, but again, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great rest of your month, great rest of your week, great rest of your day, whatever it is when you're listening to it. But have a great, have a great one, and we'll talk soon.